to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. The PGA Tour Canada is coming to Winnipeg next week with the Centerport Canada Rail Park Manitoba Open at Southwood. Tournament chair Neil Taylor outlines what is shaping up to be a great week. CFL insider Dave Naylor of TSN on the Nathan Rourke Tour, which included quite the NFL preseason debut on Saturday in Dallas for the former BC Lion and now Jackson Jag hopeful. U of M Bisons, Colin Cornelson, and Nick Thomas take time from training camp to look ahead to the 2023 Canwest season. And we begin with a preview of a do-or-die game for Valor FC in the Canadian Premier League against Atletico Ottawa with Valor coach and general manager. Well, Friday Colin night, Santos. 7 o'clock at Investors Group Field, Valor FC will host Atletico Ottawa. And uh, to join us uh, to talk a little bit about that very important matchup is the head coach and general manager of Valor FC, Philip Dos Santos. And Philip, I have to, I feel some level of responsibility here. The last time we spoke, I went back and checked. It was June the 29th. You were coming off a 1-0 victory over Vancouver FC. You were right in the heart of the CPL standings. And following that conversation, uh, your team failed to win six games in a row. So I apologize publicly to you for that. Kelly, I'm not superstitious. How are you? <laughs> well, thank goodness for that, because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing if you were, you probably would have said no when I asked Rob Ong uh, to uh, have you come on and join me tonight. No, don't worry about it. I'm just watching Inter-Miami from the day they got Messi on the pitch. They haven't lost once, so I don't think it has to do with... Uh, with a phone call or a radio show. I just think it's football and it happens on the field. Yes, that is for sure. So what did not happen on the field for you, Philip, uh, uh, for those six consecutive games before you uh, pulled one out of the fire in dramatic fashion last weekend? Uh, look, I think it's it's there's many factors. I think that the team uh, was coming from a, a spell where we were playing well. We, were, we weren't scoring much and... Uh, um, that that creates a little bit of, of anxiety in the sense where every mistake, every error, if the opposition goes one zero up, it looks like a big mountain to climb. And I, you know, you lose a game, then comes the next one, and uh, again you concede early, and then you 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 can't you can't find a way to to even though you create chances to get the goal. So. Then there's a there's you know I don't like to say it but I, I we're we're not dealing with with machines here and it plays in your head and not only the players but also the coaching staff where you know we think we we try to move things around and sometimes it's not necessarily the uh, the the best thing but it's it's our job to try and find solutions and I think that um, that uh, it's it's a normal behavior to have and that's what happened throughout the. The, the six games and that's fell it was a difficult one for us but luckily you know we went to Vancouver got a, a good point there on the road and then we're able to um, and I said it uh, to the media earlier in the week it's um, or right after the game it, it feels better than if we had won that game 2-0 right from the beginning because I think that emotionally getting coming back from a 2-0 deficit was very big for us Absolutely, yeah. Just two goals scored during that six-game winless streak uh, that began on July the 1st and continued through August the 6th. But uh, Philip just made reference to it. Down 2 nothing to Cavalry of Calgary. 
uh, a very quality side. Anybody who's followed the Canadian Premier League uh, knows uh, uh, the uh, certainly the reputation that Calvary has. But then you're able to score three unanswered goals, Philip. So, I, I mean, it's still too early yet. There are nine games left to play. But uh, maybe if things turn out the way everybody wants them to here in Winnipeg, you'll look back on that game as a turning point. Absolutely. I think that uh, the game is made of momentum shifts, not only not only in, inside the, that one game, but, you know, you... You see the energy this week at training was very good. Uh, it looks like a, it looked like a brand new group, and I think that's what goals and a win does to a team. So hopefully we could carry that uh, through through Friday's game. That's going to be a very important one. So again, we're we have guys that have quality character in the locker room, and this is the moment where where we need to step up. These are games that everyone dreams to play and aspires to play in. So um, the week of training has, has been very good. So hopefully we could it could carry through the game. Philip Dos Santos, the head coach and general manager of Valor FC, joining us here on the 680 CJOB Sports Show. Uh, Philip, uh, you're, uh, you have nine games left. Uh, you are going into this one against Ottawa, eight points back of them. Uh, would it be uh, an exaggeration to label this a must-win game for Valor? Yeah, it's a direct confrontation. We play Ottawa still twice, so, you know, five points or eight points become five, five become two, so it's a, it is. It's a, at least a, a must-not-lose type of game, and I think every game right now needs to be seen as as a must-win game, we're playing finals here. We can't kid ourselves. We we're playing um, we're playing finals, and and every every time we get three points, especially in this league, where if you're able to get two three wins back to back, it makes such a big difference. You have a win and or sorry, a loss and a tie against Ottawa so far this year. Uh, what uh, kind of challenges does this particular opponent uh, uh, measure up for you, Philip? It's a good team. It's a team that's coming uh, from probably one of their biggest wins this year with, with that win in, in Pacific, in the island. They've had uh, an excellent record um, in their last five, six games. Um, so it's a team that comes boosted with confidence, but it's a team that's very, they're tricky. They're, they, they like to give the opposition the initiative of the game. They accept to defend and defend well. Um and they they could put you to sleep. You you look at their recent games. That's that's what it is. So we need to be in control of ourselves. We need to, uh, and this is what I told the group this morning. We need to play a game where, you know, we have to wake ourselves up. We need to keep the tempo high and and be very energetic from the get go. Because if we fall in that uh, that uh, game where where you play for a ball or one mistake will be trying to play their game. And that's a very difficult thing and very tricky thing to do. So we have to step in with energy. We have to control the spaces when we don't have the ball and be very dynamic and active when we do have possession of the ball with, with a lot of movement on and off the ball. So um, that's, that's the team we're facing. And they've, they've had this blueprint since last year. It's given them success. Sometimes you almost feel like there's, a little start there, a little luck that, that kicks in uh, with teams that accept to not take the initiative, uh, at least not for the 90 minutes. Uh, but they're good at what they do, so it's a high-alert game for us. 
Well, you mentioned the confidence and the momentum gained from the 3-2 cover behind win uh, over Calgary uh, for your players. And I would uh, suggest that uh, you, you need to extend that for sure. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but for folks who haven't looked ahead uh, and, and you never want to look past a game. But after Ottawa, in a 14-day stretch, Valor will travel to Halifax, then all the way across the country to play Pacific and then back most of the way across the country uh, to play York United. Three games yeah. at a 14-day stretch. So, uh, uh, I mean, that's uh, uh, even if you're playing well, that's going to be a challenge. So uh, th- that, I guess, adds another layer of importance to this game Friday night. Absolutely. On the road and all direct confrontation, right, with Halifax and then York, all teams battling there for those mm-hmm. spots and um, we know how difficult it is to go to Pacific, so of course it is a very uh, a very important game for us. But if we could carry the momentum um, into into Friday's game and then go into the trip with 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 you know positive results, and I think that anything could happen. I you know when we we got out of that three zero defeat against Pacific, I told the guys the beauty of of where we're at is opportunity and opportunity of making something big if we do manage to go into a stretch where 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 we pull it off so i think that's the way we need to see it and that's the beauty of sports is you're you're just dead when it, when you're dead when mathematically you can't make it anymore so um i'm looking forward to see how we're going to respond to these games has the smoke uh, the last couple of days affected training at all philip a bit today, a bit today. Not not before that. I think that today is the day I felt it more, and I think it's been the heaviest here in in, in Winnipeg. So yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Right now, so far so good. We've kept things short and sharp. Try to get the the guys uh, back in as soon as possible. So yeah, not 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 too much uh, for now. And uh, just before we let you go, uh, I, I suspect you weren't watching the game live, uh, but what did you make of that incredible finish to Spain and Sweden at the Women's World Cup? You know what? I wasn't watching the game, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, I I didn't yet see the highlights, so you you should tell me all about it. Oh, <laughs> well, have you, ever, have you ever been involved in a game, Philip, where it's scoreless, and then all of a sudden goals are scored in the 81st, 88th, and 89th minutes? Absolutely. That's why the game has 90 minutes. <laughs> you don't choose when you score. You could score them inside those 90 minutes, yeah. and that's, 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 that works. Yeah. Well, I hope I didn't ruin your PVR watching. Uh, uh, you can go back to watching Lionel Messi and uh, hopefully uh, uh, bring some of that magic for your team on Friday night at IG Field. Thanks a bunch for doing this, Philip. Thank you, Kelly. Always. Thank you. Philip DeSantos, who is the uh, head coach and general manager of Valor FC. 7 o'clock, Friday night, they play host to Atletico Ottawa. And as we've just uh, outlined in our conversation, you cannot uh, underestimate the importance of that game uh, for the home side.
Well, uh, I think we can uh, seriously say that uh, we're glad that the PGA Tour Canada is not making a stop in Winnipeg this week because there would be some tough decisions that would have to be made, I think, about the air quality that we're experiencing right now. Thankfully, that's not going to be a story uh, because gray skies are going to clear up and we'll all have happy faces out at Southwood, uh, especially the tournament chairman of the uh, Centerport Canada uh, Rail Park Manitoba Open. Neil Taylor joins us now. Neil, thanks a bunch for doing this. I guess uh, uh, you're pretty busy these days. Hi, Kelly. Uh, First of all, thank you very much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pretty busy time at Southwood uh, right now. Um, I I was out there today, and uh, stands are going up around the 18th green. They're going up around our our uh, fun zone on 17 uh, banners are going up and it's starting to look like a place where you hold a professional golf tournament so it's pretty exciting for all of our members out there right now i'll bet it is before we start with anything neil i want to ask you about the 17th because anybody who's a golf fan and has watched the uh, uh the waste management open used to be the uh, the phoenix open back in the day uh but uh, that might be as cool a hole as there is in the entire uh, PGA Tour, and uh, certainly for PGA Tour Canada, with I think what you're uh, uh, emulating on the 17th, you made mention of it, uh, it'll come pretty close to that. That that will be worth perhaps the price of admission on its own. I think so. It's a, it's a real draw. Our friends at Castle Group have uh, sponsored the 17th hole, and um, it's a place where if you like a little bit of music and you like a little bit of fun with your golf, it's a place to be. We uh, it's back for the second year now. Uh, yeah. It's a real party atmosphere. Uh, and as you say, it's modeled around, uh, you know, the waste management, their famous par three. And we have music going on out there. Uh, there's a bar set up. Uh, and then every time a professional golfer makes a birdie on that hole, the beers go on sale So <laughs> for about five minutes. So you can imagine as uh, Saturday and Sunday get rolling, it starts to, the encouragement, I would say, starts to get louder and louder for the players. And then, uh, but and you, but you know the fans love it. The PGA Tour loves it, and and really the players love it. The players talk about it all the time, and I can hear them on the putting green even before their round, and they can hear the the seventeenth uh, hole, and and they're all excited to get there. No kidding, yeah, and especially on Sunday too, if it happens to be uh, you know a couple of guys who are uh, right up top of the leaderboard. Speaking of that, Neil, uh, of course, uh, uh, this is the second to last stop on the PGA Tour Canada for the Fortinet Cup, and uh, uh, a real good battle going on right now. But Sam Choi coming off a heck of a performance in Windsor uh, in the most recent PGA Tour Canada uh, event, uh, so I would imagine he'll be one of the names to look for. Yeah, he'll be out there. You know, the players are coming off a two-week break uh, yeah. since Windsor, so they're going to be all rested. They're ready to go. I've already been talking to a few, and they're on their way up traveling. Um, so, yeah, he'll be one person to watch. And I mean, another guy is the uh, leader in the uh, Fortnite Cup standings, which is American by the name of Davis Lamb. He, he came in as a Monday qualifier in Edmonton, won the tournament, and won again in Quebec. And, you know, he's only one win away from automatically moving up to the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's exciting. We've got John Pack, who's another American. He was the number one collegiate golf player in the world in 2021. And he won in Saskatchewan. And then a couple of Canadians in the top five. Stuart McDonald from Vancouver. He's third. H.N. Papineau, they, he's fifth. They've, uh, he's from Quebec. They've also won this year. And then... Uh, there's a couple of little local flavors. So we've got, uh, as a sponsor exemption, Braxton Kuntz. 
He's been, uh, we know, tearing up all the local competitions mm-hmm. for the last three years, and he's uh, only missed a cut last year by one, and he's already been spotted out at Southwood this week. Um, <laughs> he's a Breezy Bend guy, but somehow he's relocated to Southwood, and he's toning his game up, which is good. And then, and then there's uh, Winnipeg Jet Morgan Barron, who's substituted in for Blake Wheeler, and he's going to try to take on Mark Shifley's bragging rights as the top jet at the tournament, and I've been talking to him. He's out, uh, you know, going to be traveling in from the Halifax area soon, and he's been doing a lot of practicing, so he's really excited to play. Yeah, it's funny. All the guys that have played over the years, whether it's Mark Shifley, Kyle Cotter, Blake Wheeler, you know, these guys are professional athletes, and even though it's not their sport, so to speak, uh, uh, they they want to play well. Uh, you mentioned Morgan Barron, and I understand, Neil, uh, there's going to be a, a neat family day uh, of the tournament on Friday. Yeah, uh, we're really excited about that. So Friday is the family day. So um, anybody, kids 18 and under, uh, they get in for free. They get a free hot dog. They get chips, and and they get to chase Morgan Barron around the golf course. <laughs> so uh, that's good. We get it. We get an awful lot of you know. It's you know not everybody has a whole ton of money um, to to take their kids out to a sporting event to be able to see their heroes and this allows people to bring their kids out and the kids get in for free and it's a big piece of grass that they can run around on and uh, and they really do love following uh, their favorite jets oh that'll be fantastic and you, uh, you have an online auction as well uh, that uh, is raising funds for the two north youth foundation yeah um, we're really excited that you know 100 percent of the net proceeds of the tournament go to the True North Youth Foundation for Project 11 at Camp Manitou. And, and yeah. 100% of all everything we get from the auction, like every single penny, um, um, goes to the uh, to the foundation. We've got some, you know, if you're a golfer, we've got golf at uh, TPC Sawgrass with Hotel, which is an amazing golf course. Um, our friend Ryan Hart, who's uh, with the President's Cup in uh, Montreal in 2024, has donated some tickets to the Sunday at uh, which in the uh, captain's lounge, which is really really cool. incredible, uh, we've got a Jets game day experience for a group of people where they get to be in private boxes and up in the press box with all you guys uh, for to eat and uh, moose game experience the same. We got tickets uh, that that True North has provided for the Doobie Brothers concert and signed jerseys and and if you're a Montreal Canadian fan, I guess there's a few in this city. We do have an alumni signed jersey from them too. So. Uh, whether you're a hockey fan, whether you love music, or whether you're a golf fan, oh. there's a lot of things. And that it'll be opening up um, tomorrow. Um, uh, I'm sorry, it'll be opening up Thursday morning. And if people want to bid, anybody can bid on the online auction, and they can find the link starting Thursday at uh, ManitobaOpen.com. ManitobaOpen.com is the place to go. Of course, uh, for tickets, uh, are you still looking for volunteers as well, Neil, or are you pretty well set there? We are set for volunteers. We, you know, the the members at Southwood and, and the whole golf community. Yeah. We've got almost 200 volunteers. We've got 63 caddies. Uh, we could probably use a couple more caddies. So anybody who wants to email caddymaster at manitobaopen.com if they'd like to do that. They actually, the caddies get paid, which, uh, you know, they get paid a minimum of $50 a round by their player. So it's a great way to for your sons and daughters to make some money and mm-hmm. to see some golf. And um, so... Uh, but the volunteers are done, and yes, uh, we do have single, once again at ManitobaOpen.com, we have single-day tickets for $10 each or a four-day pass for $25 um, plus tax that uh, people can get on the website. We also do have some VIP tickets if people want to be getting the VIP uh, 
um, structure, and that comes with food and beverages and those types of things all day, and they can contact Southwood if they want the VIP tickets. But other than that, it's mantlewolfen.com. Right on. Okay, and Neil, just before we let you go, uh, of course, uh, the, the Pro-Am will kick things off. Uh, do you uh, have any openings left in the Pro-Am, or have they been all snapped up as well? We have an opening for one team in the morning, <laughs> uh, which is an 8 a.m. and one team in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so uh, teams of four, uh, or we sell single spots in that. Yeah. And it's it's a real premium level uh, pro am, and it's a lot of fun. Great welcome gifts and five on course premium experiences. Amazing prizes for both the uh, draws. So anybody who's interested can give us a call at Southwood. Oh, that is great. Uh, thanks so much for this, Neil. And you know, I would be remiss. If I did not congratulate you and your entire committee and all of the fantastic folks out there uh, at Southwood on being named the PGA Tour Canada uh, Event uh, Tournament of the Year for 2022, that just speaks volumes about the wonderful job you and your people are doing out there. Well, thank you. I mean, it takes a village, as they say, and a whole ton of volunteers and great people and great sponsors and supporters that we have in this uh, province that, that, that make it come true. ManitobaOpen.com if you uh, want to purchase some tickets to see some outstanding golf next week at Southwood. Neil Taylor, thanks a bunch for this. My pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, don't spend too much time at the 17th next week. I have to check it out. <laughs> My job. Yeah, exactly. Job. Tournament chairman, man. You yeah. Got those responsibilities. That's right. All right. We'll uh, look for you there. Uh, let's now head, I think he's still in Texas, I'm not sure, Dave Naylor of TSN CFL Insider, kind enough to join us for a few minutes. Uh, Dave, are you still deep in the heart of Texas? No, I am uh, deep in the heart of Dearborn, Michigan, where it's about uh, 40 degrees Fahrenheit cooler. <laughs> 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 like, step into winter. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, man, you're, you're a tough man to keep track of, uh, uh, but uh, uh, kind of uh, on an NFL uh, preseason tour right now, uh, we'll talk about what you're up to in a minute, but I want to go back to Saturday night uh, in Dallas uh, uh, where Nathan Rourke was making his uh, NFL preseason debut for the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, and uh, clearly, it, it it had to be, uh, I guess, from your perspective, Dave, uh, uh, time well spent uh, for the story that that uh, evolved into. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, frankly, uh, as a TSN guy, I was proud that we were there. Uh, I mean, the network, that, that we yes. need to commit that this is an important story. And, you know, uh, you can't be there for the, for the magic moment if you're not there for the game, right? <laughs> and, and there's no guarantee there's going to be a magic moment and that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be tweeting about it and Adam Schefter is going to be tweeting about it and Warren Sapp and everybody, and it becomes the sort of phenomenon of the day. But it, it, w- it was great to be there to, to witness it. And, I, I mean, I, I had as good an angle on the play as you could have from the press box. It was right at the corner of the end zone where I was sitting, uh, I said on Sports Center, I, I think I actually glanced away for a moment because I thought the play was over. And all of a sudden, Nathan pops up and, you know, then and throws this pass, which is, you know, after breaking four tackles. And, you know, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic about the way, you know, it gets covered. It was a big, big deal to us. Uh, it was a pretty big deal to the national media because they're always looking for something to talk about in the preseason. But to the local guys, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, here, here you are, it's like, you know, it was just a play by the third string quarterback. And so they, you know, they kind of, you know, they're more interested in what Trevor Lawrence did in his first two series of the game. And I I just give you this description. So, you know, I'm in a stadium with more than 80,000 people that's buzzing over this play. It's blowing up all over 
the, you know, the social media on both sides of the border, the football world is a fire with this play. And I go into the locker room and, and kind of in my head, I have this image that I'm going to be, you know, elbow to elbow with 20 other reporters trying to get my microphone and camera towards Nathan. I walk up and he's sitting in his locker putting his shoes on. I walk up to him and say, hey, Nathan. He goes, hey, Dave, good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, hey, that was a heck of a play. He goes, that's ah, just football. You know, and then we did an interview one-on-one because I was the only one there. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence was at the podium while I was at Nathan Mark's locker, so you know where all the Jacksonville beat guys were. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, yeah, just a, a, a real amazing play. The Coles Notes version of it, Dave, if you will, for people who who might not have seen it yet. You know, it's summertime and people are out and about and that sort of thing. But uh, it really was a Harry Houdini-esque type play by Nathan Rourke, wasn't it? Well, I, I, I tweeted at the time. I said it was Flutie-esque. Yeah. You know, that, 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 is, that is the kind of play that Doug Flutie used to make, you know, where he could almost magically shake off tacklers who seemed to have him wrapped up for a sack and somehow make a play at the end of it. And, and Nathan Rourke's case, there were four of them. You know, and, and he didn't just sort of throw a wobbler, you know, that, that went up for grabs in the end zone. He threw a dart, you know, and hit a guy on the fly as he was being brought down from behind. And, oh, it was a third and 16 play. So, you know, you, you put all that together, 20-yard, one-yard touchdown pass for a guy who never played in a live NFL game. And, you know, the, the only, I won't call it negative, but I'll say, you know, kind of thing I caution people a little bit about making it all about this one play. I mean, Nathan Moore played the entire half and played very, very well. I mean, he had 153 yards passing in a, in a pass, in a half. You know, that works out to a 300-yard passing game. Uh, he, you know, he really looked so poised. Uh, I think, you know, he could have improved a couple of throws, uh, but there were no you know, bad decisions. There was nothing where you thought, you know, boy, this is a guy's first time under the big light, you know, in the, in the biggest NFL stadium there is in Dallas, Texas. So, uh, and I, he was as calm and cool at his locker after the game uh, as, as he had been on the field. And he, he's, a, he's a real kind of us-shucks kind of guy, but man, uh, he, he is, he's special. You know, he could make that play. We're speaking with Dave Naylor of TSN, CFL Insider, and right now uh, uh, on the uh, NFL preseason trail uh, as well. Uh, But, Dave, he could make that play ten times, and it won't matter. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, But does this help Nathan in terms of uh, uh, solidifying his uh, position as one of the options uh, if if something should happen to, to Trevor? Well, absolutely. And, and you know, look, I, I think as I have sort of been led to believe that it was always going to be a certainty that C.J. Beathard would come out of camp as the number two guy. Mm-hmm. He's 29 years old. He has six NFL seasons of experience, and he's endorsed by Trevor Lawrence. And, and in the NFL, you know, especially with teams that have such an investment in a player like the Jaguars do with Trevor Lawrence, they're not looking for the number two to compete with him. They're not looking for a competition. They're looking for the number two to sort of support and almost help that player be successful. That's the role of the number two. So he's not necessarily, you know, the guy who gives you the best chance to win if the starter goes down. And, look, if, if Trevor Lawrence was to go down for six weeks, uh, you know, I think C.J. Beathard would get the starts. But if he has a couple of mediocre ones, and Nathan Rourke, you know, lays down on tape over three preseason games that he's capable of making some dynamic plays in the National Football League, I don't think it would take much to get Nathan an opportunity. 
There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't help but uh, but think, well, you know, what more could Chris Strebler have done last year with the New York Jets? But I'm glad you uh, gave that explanation, Dave, because it uh, it creates a little bit of context and provides that context uh, for those of us who uh, aren't, aren't quite as close to the NFL scene. Uh, so basically, uh, what what brings you to Michigan now on your uh, tour? Nathan Rourke. The Jaguars are having two days of practice with the Detroit Lions on Wednesday and Thursday. So, so it's, uh, it's kind of a, it really is the continuation of the Nathan Rourke tour. Um, and, and teams are doing this. Like I was just in, in Houston, Texas uh, yesterday, and they're having joint practices this week with the Dolphins, and they play the Dolphins in the preseason game uh, on, on the weekend. The Jags and the Lions will do joint practices Wednesday and Thursday. And, and Nathan Rourke's probably not going to see near as high a percentage of the snaps in those practices that he did in the game. The one thing with the game is guys can get hit. So they don't want Trevor Lawrence out there getting hit. And even C.J. Yeah. Beathard played just over a little over a quarter. In the practices, the quarter backs aren't getting hit. So I assume that's where we're going to see you know Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard get most of the reps. But I'm, I'm interested in catching up with Nathan tomorrow and just finding out just you know what a little bit about what his week has been. And then Saturday in the second preseason game, they play – the Detroit, excuse me, they play the Detroit Lions on Saturday at 1 o'clock. I'll be there for that. And uh, if you can believe this, in between, uh, on the Friday, we're going to drive to Athens, Ohio, where Nathan's brother, Curtis Rourke, is the starting quarterback of the Ohio Bobcats. He's on the preseason uh, Davy O'Brien watch list, which is the outstanding quarterback in college football. He had an outstanding season a year ago. I suffered a knee injury at the very end of the season. I talked to Nathan about him when I was at Nathan's locker in Dallas the other night, and he said, yeah, he's healthy, he's ready to go, even though I don't believe he's been declared the starter for their uh, August 26th opener against San Diego State. But, uh, you know, Curtis, uh, Curtis is an impressive guy, and, and he's six foot five. He's got more NFL size than, than Nathan does. Uh, you know, and, and, again, I'll you know, Nathan was the, you know, the hungry dog growing up playing football, and Curtis was the one who kind of followed along. But uh, there are a lot of people very excited about Curtis Rourke, and I'm looking, up, uh, looking forward to catching up with him uh, at the end of this week in Athens, Ohio. We'll certainly uh, be watching for that. Uh, Dave, uh, I've got about 60 seconds here. Uh, I know as much as uh, you're, you're down uh, south of the 49th right now, uh, uh, the CFL uh, is one of your major passions, if not the number one passion. Anything stand out to you uh, as we're about the, at the halfway mark of the 2023 season? Well, I mean, I think the biggest story to me the first half of the season is Toronto quarterback Chad Kelly. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you why. Chad Kelly, before this season, had started one football game in six years. Now, since, since his senior season at Ole Miss, he, he, he'd taken one live snap in the National Football League, and it was a kneel down. That's it. It's all been just you know practice, no live football. He started week 21 for the Argonauts last year in a meaningless game against Montreal where it was backups for both sides. So, you know, when you have a great cup, <laughs> defending great cup champion team that has a, a great cup, you know, repeat ready roster and you're making the starting quarterback, a guy who started one game in six years. Um, I don't know if people appreciate how significant <laughs> what Chad Kelly has done and the circumstances in which he's done it. Uh, he's certainly in the running for outstanding player. He had first 400 yard game you know, on Sunday night against Ottawa. Uh, he looks like he's having the time of his life and, and just you know, the little bit. I know Chad, I'm really, really happy to see that because he's, you know, he's had some challenges in his life and, 
and this Canadian Football League has been a great opportunity for him, and, and he's taken full advantage of it. Yeah, he's, he's almost Nathan Rourke 2023 with the way that he's uh, uh, burst onto the scene. Dave, thanks a bunch for this. We'll look forward to your coverage uh, of, of Nathan Rourke and his uh, kid brother, Chris, and, uh, and we'll see you when you get back here. Thanks so much. Yeah, real interested to hear from our uh, two guests. They're co-captains of the U of M Bisons, Nick Thomas and Colin Cornelson, also taken in the CFL draft in 2023. We'll ask them about that in a minute. But uh, uh, Colin, uh, uh, I guess the first question I want to ask, because uh, you guys have started outdoor uh, training camp, uh, did you practice outdoors uh, uh, from 5 to 8 today, even with all that smoke? Hey, uh, well, today was uh, today was our shorter practice. We did three days in a row, uh, having three-hour practice, and today was our hour and a half practice. So we got a little bit of a break today, which was which was needed, especially with all this smoke. So that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, and Colin, I'm I'm guessing that uh, probably after you've had three days of hard practices, uh, the, the bodies are starting to feel it. Yeah, a little bit for sure. I mean, uh, like. I, like me and me and Nick, obviously we got this will be our second training camp, so we kind of got our hmm. our practice legs under us a bit. So it's it's not as bad as I remember it, you know, in years past. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure, hey uh, Nick, yeah. thank you as well for doing this. Colin, of course, uh, uh, a D lineman, and Nick is a linebacker. Uh, Nick, uh, you know, I've often heard uh, in in talking to to various coaches that uh, right from the outset, you want your veterans, you want your leaders. Uh, to set the tempo for everybody. Uh, and, and I think it's especially critical on a football team where there's so many bodies there. Uh, do you feel like you and Colin and the rest of the captains and the vets have been doing a good job on that uh, for the first few days? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the guys, like, we had a lot of new guys coming in this year. And, you know, like, the way I, when I came to this program, you know, I looked up to people who, who went hard, like all the vets who, who didn't take training camp off as, like, you know, break, you know, like... You know, it's kind of a lead by example thing. So, yeah, I think me and Colin and a lot of the other vets have been doing a good job of doing our part and putting in the putting in the work during training camp. So, have, have you liked what you've seen from those young guys? Do you feel they're responding in the way that uh, uh, you wanted them to? Oh yeah, there's like you you definitely see the guys that like stand out to you and make an impression on you and that have like a real passion for the game. Like you know, it's just you. You can see it on some of these guys, but yeah, we got, we got, we got a lot of those kind of guys on our team. Well, you know, uh, Colin, uh, university sport, high school sport, there's always a rotation of uh, uh, players who are graduating and players who are coming in. Uh, the U of M Bison, certainly uh, uh, no different as you guys prepare for 2023. Uh, from what you know of the newcomers coming in, but more importantly, from uh, the returnees uh, that uh, uh, certainly gave a, a good account of themselves last year, uh, uh, what are the expectations going into to 23 and can west you know definitely uh like speaking on like the d-line side of things you know we we definitely lost a big piece you know with cole adamson leaving this year so we're definitely going to be looking on to some some younger guys or some guys that haven't you know played as much like um caleb jack or caleb jack tyrese or lamar you know we're looking at these guys to you know really step up and take on that bigger role because, you know, it's definitely big shoes to fill 
for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, last year was a, a, a weird year, Nick. Uh, you had the slow start. You, you picked it up, uh, uh, and then uh, certainly, uh, you know, had the, the good battle with Saskatchewan. But uh, uh, I guess the, the, the key thing here, not that you want to make a big deal out of it, but, you know, you don't want to get off to a similar 0-3 start uh, this time around, do you? toughest one of our toughest opponents in week one so it's gonna really be like a defining game for us it's the first game but it's gonna be like a defining moment for our season you know like after that of you know what we want to do and what we want to accomplish so yeah 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 saskatchewan two weeks from friday uh uh, are are they going to be tough again nick uh, from what you know of uh uh, because i i I would think that uh you know as much as it's a new year uh what happened last year still hasn't left the guys who were there on the field oh no it's it's game time when uh week one and they're going to be a solid team they've been a solid team in the can west and you can't really take anyone lightly so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a good game got to just give a 100%. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, Colin. It wasn't that long ago that the Alberta Golden Bears were uh, uh, in a rebuilding mode, and they seem to have turned their program around. Uh, is it pretty uh, pretty competitive right across the board, uh, if you will, for Can West this year? Or are there going to be a couple of teams where you just simply have to take advantage of, of the situations they might be in? And I mean, every year in the Can West, uh, it's sort of been uh, like a thing where – any team can win on any given day, right? Like, you know, a team could be, I think last year, um, Calgary was, they were like 0-7, and, and then they ended up getting a win at one of their last games. So you never you never know in the Can West. Every team um, can win any game. Yeah, yeah that, that is for sure. There's no doubt about that. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I'm guessing, as Nick just mentioned, uh, that uh, uh, Coach Doby and the rest of the staff will have no difficulties whatsoever uh, getting everybody ready for that uh, Friday, September 1st game against Saskatchewan. Are, are they the team to beat going into 2023, Colin, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, we, we haven't beat Saskatchewan in two like over two years now so it's definitely one that we want to get for sure yeah especially uh at home well nick uh, you know saskatchewan was uh where you started your your football uh season this year after getting uh, drafted by the the rough riders so congratulations on that how was the experience there i appreciate that and um it was good it was, it was really good um being in my first like cfl camp i got to see what you know, what professionalism is and, you know, like these guys, like their work ethic and their their passion for the game. It's kind of on the next level. Like everyone's passionate about it and is good at their job. So it was, it was great getting that experience. And, you know, I had a good, I had a good camp and yeah, it was, yeah. It was be, being a bison, of course, you're always around the Blue Bombers. Was it a little? Did it did it matter to you at all going into Saskatchewan? You're a Winnipeg guy. You share the same facility of the Blue Bombers, uh, drafted by their arch rivals. Yeah, no, it was, it was a little weird, like seeing uh, some of the guys, like Nick Dembski. I think I saw the next day, and you know, we just we had a little uh, chit chat and a <laughs> friendly friendly banter, I'd say. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's cool though. Like, I- yeah. How did you feel you acquitted yourself at Ryder Camp? Uh, did you did you leave there encouraged? And uh, are there are some things uh, that you're going to be looking uh, to work on within the team realm, but also to, to get yourself ready for the next level? 
Yeah, for sure. Like I had a I had a good camp, but I was coming. I'm coming off a Liz Frank injury, which is like a a major injury, and like so you know, like I was I was a hundred percent, but I wasn't like fully. The pain wasn't away, you know. So yeah. I think they just they kind of wanted me to, you know, get a hundred a thousand percent and <laughs> come back and you know do my thing. Right on. I'll call on, of course, you had the chance to uh, uh, go to training camp here uh, in Winnipeg after getting uh, selected by the Blue Bombers. Uh, how was that for you? It was really cool. You know, it definitely made the move, move into the new locker room easier. Just had to go down the hall, which was nice. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, just being able to talk to, like, Willie and Jackson and Jake and Cam and, Ricky, like it, it was really cool to, you know, pick their brain a bit and just gain experience. And then, you know, going every day, going up against that, that O-line, which is by far the best in the country, you know, that, that, was, that was so cool being able to go against, like, the group ones. Yeah. Are, are you in a, were you on the interior or on the end? So were you battling against Stanley Bryant or were you having to uh, uh, go up against the likes of Patty Newfeld? Yeah, that, Patty Newfeld and Jeff Gray. I was going up against <laughs> them. Yeah. Uh, a lot every day. <laughs> this is definitely something. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Gray. He's just a whole lot of fun to play against, isn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, listen, fellas. Uh, I want to thank you very much for doing this. I know you've had uh, 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 you know a couple of tough days of practice, and uh, uh, certainly enjoy the downtime when you get it. But uh, all the best uh, for success this year for the U of M Bisons. Uh, uh, Colin, thank you, uh, and Nick, uh, thank you as well. Uh, have a great season. Thank you, Thank you very much. You yeah, bet. You. Yeah. That is uh, Nick Thomas, Colin Cornelson, co-captains of the U of M Bisons uh, for 2023. As the fellows mentioned, two weeks from Friday, September 1st, 7 o'clock, the Saskatchewan Huskies come to Investors Group Field, and you know that is going to be a terrific battle.